Hello, my friends, and welcome back to a new episode of Hurricane Hope. I am Hope, and I'm so happy that you guys are here. If you've never listened before, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have been here before, thank you for coming back. So I've been thinking about kind of, you know, just what I want to talk about on the podcast and, you know, not really having one total clear you know, theme, um, it, it makes it kind of hard sometimes because I have free range to talk about a lot of things and it's it's hard sometimes to hone in on exactly what I want to talk about. So I had started trying recording a bunch of different podcasts this past week. Um, that was my knuckle. Sorry, got to crack these babies. But none of them were, um, they, they all really sucked and I was like, nope, these these don't work. So I just deleted them and I have spent the last few days trying to figure out what a good idea would be for a podcast that would be interesting. So I thought about like story times. I thought about just all these different things. And I thought that it might be cool to talk about DIY touring and talk about the process, what that's like, and kind of give insight um, into the world of DIY touring. You know, it's kind of it's kind of something that I have wanted to talk about for a while, but just haven't been able to find the time to sit down and really delve into it. There's definitely a lot to break down, so I am really stoked to talk about it. A lot of people have asked me questions because I book all of Vista's tours, so a lot of people have asked me, how do you do it? You know, what is the process? What are the steps? What's your experience like? And I just wanted to like answer those questions I guess so DIY touring uh DIY touring if uh if you're unfamiliar it just means you know you book the tours yourself you do it all yourself uh you don't have a booking agent and that is where Vista is at we are totally DIY not by choice but uh we are DIY and um we have kind of uh it's it's weird because you know when Vista first started out we were just kind of doing you know uh, you know one-off shows weekends stuff like that and one day we were talking about going on tour and it was like early summer of 2017 and I said I I I think I could probably book a tour you know I know a decent amount of people and I know who to ask if I need help you know I I said all right let me let me try and, and see if I could do it I did not know what hell I was delving into back then. Um, It was a, oh my goodness, it was a whole different world that I was jumping into when I started to book tours for Vista. And there were so many things that I did not know yet. There were so many things that I, I made big, big, big mistakes on. And yeah, so... My first tour that I booked for Vista was the Long Live Tour, which was August 2017. And I remember emailing um, a bunch of promoters. So if you're not sure what a promoter is, a promoter is a, just very simply put, it's a person who books and promotes a show. They usually do not work at the venue. um, And sometimes they do, but usually they don't. Uh, Those are, you know, not in-house. They're I guess, out of house. They usually own their own promotions company and they focus on the local area and they book the shows. Those are usually the people you would go to. Um, There's another person you can go to, which is called an in-house talent buyer. This is totally different than a promoter. A promoter usually takes care of finding all the locals and doing all the work for the show for the most part. 
an in-house talent buyer is just solely responsible for bringing the talent to the venue and finding talent for um, to play at the venue that they think will be a good fit, bring a lot of you know heads in, and make the venue some money. So it's it's kind of a different. They're definitely on different um, different planes because they have different goals. Um, in my opinion, it's always better to try to find a promoter first because usually you can really easily work in conjunction with them. An in-house talent buyer is usually really really busy and has a lot of things that they're trying to do at once. So you want to try to find a promoter that is able to um, able to work with you uh, collectively to put on a great show. And knows the area really well. It's really important that they understand the the local scene in that city and know the bands there and know how they draw and know what they're like and have a good relationship with them. So I I remember early on making the mistake of, of oftentimes going to the in-house talent buyer, which is the person who works at the venue. And in that case, I, I started to really struggle. So I remember the first thing that I did when it came to booking tours was I wanted to compile a list of promoters. I wanted to get as many contacts as I could. And the best way for me to do this was to use Facebook to my advantage. So I started posting looking for promoters, um, you know, in, in a list of cities. And I typed out a list of cities and whoever on my Facebook friends list knew they would just drop contacts. I would go to that Facebook page, look at the email, look at the venues that they booked at, look at the types of shows they booked to see if my band would be a good fit. And if I thought it would be a good fit, then I would just, you know, write down the email on a spreadsheet and just keep it um, and, and have that as a contact, write down where they booked, you know, what cities, what venues, uh, what their name was, you know. So I knew exactly what was going on and I had as much information as I could. Once I kind of exhausted that option originally, I joined this Facebook group called DIY Tour Postings. And this has been a great tool and still is a great tool to anyone who wants to book a tour on their own. Um, this group contains a, just so many people who are kind of doing the same thing. And they're from a wide variety of areas all across the United States. And they offer a lot of really great resources. You know, I, I sometimes if you say you're looking for, um, you know, a promoter on, you know, uh, in Rhode Island you can just go into the group, type in the search bar Rhode Island, and oftentimes a lot of posts will just come up um, with people who have been looking for the same thing, and you can read the responses, and, you know, so then you don't have to make your own post, you can just kind of look and see what, what responses other people have gotten, and, you know, so there's not a repeat of the same question. So it's really important to do your research. I really used Facebook to my advantage. I also asked a bunch of friends personally that have toured, hey, do you have any promoter contacts here, 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 and oftentimes they did have, um, and I would get from them and that was great so so Facebook really though was the biggest tool that I used when I first started booking tours because I really didn't know what I was doing I was just kind of jumping in and and I didn't really know how to pitch out Vista for a tour so I kind of just had to ask around and then I also googled you know a lot of a lot of articles about how to book a tour one thing that I've always done, because I do a lot of different jobs in Vista and I take on a lot of different tasks, is something I'm I'm not obsessed with, but like I'm something that I'm really, really very firm on is research. You have to do research before you send emails. You cannot just send blind, cold emails. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I have gotten just cold emails from people with absolutely no context, you know, to my PR email, just looking for things that we don't even offer, not providing any information, and they just email. And you, you know, I don't want to say, hey, don't do that. It's annoying. 
but it is so much more um there's such such a bigger incentive if you can see that the artist has done the research beforehand knows who you are knows what you do you know knows your location knows exactly what is going on in your business that is such an attractive thing and it's a it's a mindset i've always tried to adapt as a band member and also as somebody who owns a business in the music industry so it's super important i um I wanted to make sure that I was compiling all of my resources before I sent a single email and then I typed out a pitch template. So when you are booking a tour, there are certain things that you have to include. A, you have to include the date that you're looking for. If you just say, hey, I want to play in Massachusetts, they're going to be like, okay, well, when? Like, you know, you have to give us more than that. Oftentimes, if you leave out crucial bits of information, they're just going to pass on your email and not even look at you. Um, so you want to make sure that you include everything right off the bat so whoever's reading it doesn't have to take any extra steps to find out more information. So that's just something that's really important when you book tours. You have to have all of your ducks in a row and you have to include important bits of information. So number one is a date. You have to say what date you, you are looking for or, you know, give a couple dates at least have one. You have to say um, what your genre is. That is super important. You have to include listening links, your Spotify, if you have a SoundCloud, you know, anything that does not, um, that does not need a subscription to listen to, you know, YouTube, you can just click that listen. Don't attach any files. That often goes directly to a spam folder. Send them a link. SoundCloud, YouTube, something that they don't have to download to listen to. Um, or, or purchase to listen to. That is always very frustrating. Um, so that's that's something that's very important. You want to include all of your social media links. They want to easily be able to just click on your Facebook, see who you are. Click on your Spotify page, see what you're about. Click on your Instagram, see, see how you use the platform. A lot of times promoters will want to take on shows if they see that the band has their shit together. It's It sounds really shallow, but unfortunately in today's society, a lot of the times I've found that people will pass if they have to take extra steps or they see that their social media pages are not being used or if they don't have many streams, you really have to make sure you're putting the time into building your socials before you try to go on tour. And this is just something that I want to preface. I am a firm believer in not going on tour prematurely. I know so many people want to tour. It's a big goal for a lot of bands, but there's no shame in not being ready to go on tour just quite yet in your career. There's no shame in taking the time to to really build your local crowds and doing regional weekenders. By regional, I mean, you know, surrounding states. If you live in New Jersey, your regional area would be New York, Pennsylvania, Connecticut. You know, you want to really take the time and not rush into going on tour because a tour is a big financial investment. You have to pay for travel. You have to pay for food. You have to pay to order merchandise. You have to pay to maintain your vehicle. Sometimes you have to pay to purchase a vehicle, you know, rent a vehicle, whatever it is. There's so much money that goes into touring that you kind of wouldn't expect. Always anticipate an emergency. You know, there's a bunch of different factors financially that a lot of people oftentimes forget and they just want to go, go, go. And it's respectful that people want to tour. But there is no point in touring prematurely if you don't have a local crowd, if you have not played regional shows yet, and if you're not in a financial position to tour yet. Um, You know, I I just think that's really important to preface just because I, I see so many bands that take the time to build their local crowd and then they can confidently say, we can draw 150 kids in our town. 
okay, well, that's a great selling point. As someone who books shows on Long Island, that's a great selling point. You can bring 150 kids. That's way more than most people can do. So, you know, really take the time to build up to touring. Don't want to jump in right away. Don't bite off more than you can chew. You know, if you want to expand from doing just shows in your area or your state, expand to regional weekenders, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where you play in your area. If you live in New York, a regional weekender could be, um, you know, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, or, you know, the city, uh, Philly, Jersey, you know, something like that. And then keep doing it. Really build those relationships with those promoters. That's so important. And um, yeah, I just think that's, that's really important to preface. But anyway, so when it comes to um, when it comes to booking a tour when you are ready, you have to maintain professionalism in your emails. If someone passes on booking you, you have to maintain respectful. If you're doing follow-ups, you have to maintain respectful. Not getting frustrated is really hard when you're booking because it can be, oh my god, it can it can be so goddamn frustrating. I you know people have seen my posts about booking tours. They know the frustration I felt. It, it can get really rough, but the one thing you don't want to do is take it out on the person who can help you or the person who is willing to help you. Maintain your professionalism. So once you include all of those key points in your email, you have to tell them exactly what you are looking for. If you just want to say, or if you just say, hi, I'm interested in playing in Massachusetts. Can you book my band? That does not give any incentive. It does not give any information. You really need to lay out exactly what it is that you're looking for. Because think about it. How many emails do promoters get you know, every day for a band out of the area that's looking for a Saturday at their venue? I, I can't even I can't even begin to think of how many emails certain promoters that I know get. Some get hundreds a week. So you want to give them a reason to book you. You want to tell them why. And I don't mean say, this is why you should book us. I mean, you have to be upfront with all the, the key points. You have to let them know your uh, a brief touring history. You have to include all of those links. Um, something that I do for Vista is I tell them the date that we're looking for. I tell them um, a little bit about our touring history. I give them all of our social media links. I let them know whether or not we've been to this city before. And I give them a couple of career highlights in bullet points, really small, just like three very small bullet points. So it gives them a little bit of an incentive, you know, they can see, hey, maybe they've been doing some cool things. It might be worth looking into booking them. Um, And they might see it and say no, and they might see it and say yes, you know. But right away, there's some highlights there so they can see that we have touring history and we have, you know, we have an okay amount of streams on Spotify. I don't want to say great because that's definitely not true. But, you know, just a little bit of incentive. Why should they book you over everybody else that they're getting emails from? So with that said, um, then comes the process of routing. Now, before you send out any emails, if you are booking a tour, if you are booking a full tour weekend, it really doesn't matter. You need to have a routing. And a routing is where your tour is going to go. And there are so many factors to take in when you are routing. Routing is actually my favorite part of of booking because you get to kind of piece together um, a cool puzzle. You have to first write out your dates. I put everything on a spreadsheet and the first thing I do is write out the range of dates that I'm looking for. So if I want a tour to start on September 1st and end September 14th, I write out all those dates in the left column so I have them there to see. Then I pick where I want to start. 
Um, oftentimes, it's not necessarily the best thing to start at home. I usually like to end at home. Um, so I start a couple hours away from home. This is, granted, this is for a little, you know, I'm kind of giving tips for a little bit of a, a longer tour, um, one that starts further away. So this is more of a, I don't want to say a fully national tour, but not a regional tour, kind of an in-between. So I usually start us a few hours away, you know, three to six hours away. Something you have to anticipate when you are touring is that there will be drives. When you are routing, that is the most important thing, in my opinion, to look at. You have to calculate the drive times between everything and make sure that they are manageable. You can't just route and say, I will figure it out later. So one thing that I do is I put the drive times. I open up Google Maps and I type in the drive times from venue to venue just to make sure that it's doable. You know, we've done we've done overnight 12 hours, 13 hours. Those suck and sometimes they they might not happen if they're, you know, if traffic is really bad, sometimes they might not happen. So we have to keep that in mind when, you know, when I'm booking a tour. So once I figure out a place to start, then I, I, I do cities first usually, and I do know a lot of venues around the country, so I, I kind of just fill in, you know, a tentative venue. Those are the ones that I try to go for first if they have availability. One thing that's also super important when you're routing is you have to check availability. Go on a venue's website and see if they're available the day that you are looking for. You know, you can't just, uh, not can't, but it is smart to do your research first and go that extra step to check their calendars. Because if you are emailing them and, you know, say you're emailing a promoter and you're like, I want to play at this venue on this date and they have the date taken on their website, you know, you could have easily avoided that conversation and moved to a more viable option. So I'm just saying, take that extra step, do the extra research. A lot of booking a tour is research. So you have the dates, you have uh, cities. That's what I do first, cities, states. So I start one and I do at this point kind of know the driving times between each cities estimated just because we've toured a bunch of times. So I look, maybe I'll start us in Pennsylvania, say, and then you want to follow a path. One thing that you really want to try to avoid is going all over the place. You want to follow a natural path, figure out a shape and follow the shape to lead you back home. So say you have a date, um, say we're doing three dates and you start in Connecticut. The next day you have Philadelphia and then the next day you have Boston that does not logistically make sense and you are going to lose money. Here's why. Because you're starting in Connecticut, which is in New England, and then you're going to go south to Philadelphia. And then after Philadelphia, you're going to go back up to where you were and further up to go to Massachusetts. So what you could have done instead to make it a little bit easier on you instead of zigzagging is do Massachusetts, Connecticut, Philadelphia top to bottom. You see what I mean? It's kind of, it's all about organization. And to be honest, this sounds really stupid, but you have to know where the states are or you have to be looking at a map when you do this. You really, really can't estimate. And, you know, like I keep, you know, drilling, the research is so, so, so important. You really have to know your area and you have to know where certain states are, where certain cities are within the states. So like I, you know, like I said, the research part is crucial before you send out anything. Now, once you have the cities and states, so you have to figure out that shape, where you want to start, where you want to end, and then fill it in. 
Um, so follow a shape. Try not to zigzag. Unfortunately, sometimes the zigzagging is inevitable if the states are smaller. You know, sometimes the drives up in the northeast are just so short. It's kind of inevitable. Um, but if there are other options, I would suggest trying to figure out other options for routing instead of zigzagging just so you can save money, maybe going to a different city, you know, moving dates, something like that. But the fact of the matter is a lot of the times the first routing that you have will never be your final routing. It will change like 50 times. You can inquire to 10 promoters in one city. There are only so many venues, only so many promoters and so many bands that want the same date and venue as you. So you have to anticipate the venue and the routing changing up. So I would suggest having backup dates, having backup cities that you could put in place of other ones and make a list of other cities that you could play because you will be leaving out cities a lot of the time. You know, I always see a lot of tours getting announced and fans get incredibly upset when their city is not listed on the routing. And I want to give a little insight as to why that is a lot of the time. It has nothing to do with them not wanting to visit your city. It has everything to do with availability. There are only so many venues. So if sometimes, you know, say say a band wants to come to Philadelphia, but every venue that night is taken, which is really likely because Philadelphia is a huge city. It's just simply because of that and say they have a show the day before and the day after, then unfortunately they're going to have to leave that city off of the routing because there is just no availability and there's no wiggle room in the routing. So that's that's often why you'll, you'll see cities left off of tours just because they were not able to get, um, get the date that they needed and... Um, yeah, so that just to give a little insight about that because I think that's really, really important. And I hate when I see, you know, people upset because, you know, bands aren't coming to their city. I just want people to understand more on the booking side why that is. So, so you got the cities. I would fill in TBA uh, venues, just tentative venues that you're aiming for. So you know, you know, if you're talking to a promoter, hey, you know, is it possible to aim for this venue? Then you kind of, it shows you've done your research it shows that you have a goal and you should you should research the venues in the area to know what other options there are but i always like to have a tentative venue in mind you know so we can aim for that oftentimes i i've found that i'll get the venue that i'm looking for but on a different day so you really have to anticipate there being a lot of changes a big struggle that i've always had with diy touring is once i realize that one date is not available you know where i need it when i need it I do have to change around other stuff. So that is kind of really, really difficult. But uh, then you need to really figure out exactly what you're asking for. If you're a touring band in terms of payment, you have a couple of options. You have the option to do a door deal or you have an option to do a guarantee. A guarantee is exactly what it sounds like. You are guaranteed a certain amount of money. Say you are seeking a $100 guarantee and they agree, then you would get $100 that night guaranteed no matter what. A door deal is different. So every venue has expenses to rent out the venue for the night. So uh, say, say a venue's rent is $400 for the night. A door deal will be structured based on the expenses. So that means that before you get paid, the expenses have to be met. So say a ticket was $10. You would have to sell 40 tickets to get the expenses paid for that night because 40 times 10 is 400. So once 40 tickets are sold, then say you get 75%. So the deal would be structured in that way. 75% 
after $400, if that makes sense. Um, so for me personally, I'm not a fan of door deals unless I am 110% confident that we can draw heavily at that venue. I am a fan of guarantees because although there is always the possibility of us making less money than we could on a door deal if the show does well, I'm guaranteed money for my band to get to the next city that night. And that is the most important thing to me that we are able to to get food, that we were able to have a safe place to stay, we were able to fill our gas tank, pay our tolls, and that's it. So for me, you know, it really depends. With a band of our size, you know, we kind of never know what is what. We never know what shows are going to do well. Some we're really always kind of super confident about, and some we're just like, oh god, this is going to suck, but it ends up being really solid. So it really depends um, on a lot of things, but if you're not feeling too confident um, you know, a door deal might not be the best option. If you just want to make sure that you're covered in terms of at least travel and food, I would say a guarantee is probably the better way to go. So yeah, so payment is, it can be kind of difficult sometimes to negotiate, but um, you have to also keep in mind that the promoters are looking out for themselves as well. A lot of the times you are looking out for yourself not a lot of times all the time but it's just about finding a balance you know you you can't ask if it's your first tour you can't say hey i want 500 dollars if if you don't have any touring history and you're not sure how you're gonna draw be realistic ask for something that is you know going to cover you don't expect to make money on your first tour or any diy tour to be honest like we've never lost money on a tour but we've also like we've come out positive but we've never pocketed any money on any tour ever like greg and i have never pocketed a single cent it always goes back to the band um or or to paying whoever comes out with us so you know don't expect to to be making money you have to go into it with the mindset of okay i want to break even at least and we want the chance to play in front of a lot of new ears every night. If you go into it with that mindset, I can guarantee you, you're going to have a better time booking the tour. You're going to have a better time on the tour. And just overall, your morale is going to feel a lot better. So when it comes to emailing and actually starting to, to you know, pitch out yourself for your tour, um, one, once you have a pitch written out, you want to, I, I kind of email in order of the routing and, and start there first. I usually do one promoter each city just to start. And then I wait a couple, you know, wait maybe like a week. And if I don't hear anything back, I start to reach out to other promoters in the same cities. So you don't want to, you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket, but you don't want to also start sending out so many emails that you get confused. And, you know, that, that's when confusion starts to set in. You want to keep it as simple for yourself as possible. I typically do two follow-ups. I wait for the first follow-up. I usually wait about two weeks um, because I know that promoters that book a lot of shows are incredibly busy and they're getting a lot of the same email. So you don't want to be annoying, but you also don't want to put it on the back burner and just forget about it. I take about two weeks to send the first follow-up and then I'll, I'll, I'll probably wait about another two weeks to send the next one. Sometimes I, I I don't like to reach out to people on Facebook because it's, in my opinion, super unprofessional. I like to keep everything to email so I can keep track of it. It's not going to get lost in personal messages and it's just easier. But sometimes promoters will only talk on Facebook. I don't want to say be wary of that, but in my mind, it's definitely a little weirder when they communicate only through Facebook and, and don't want to communicate via email. I don't know. I just like email. It's, it's more organized. So in terms of follow-ups, I don't know. I say max two, in my opinion. 
some might some other people might have other opinions but in my experience two is enough and if they don't answer after two they're just simply not interested and you're just gonna have to move on which is no problem it's totally fine you're gonna find more of that when you're booking a tour especially if it's your first tour than you will with like anything else I feel like because they have so much on their plate but just be diligent with your follow-ups don't follow up you know twice in a week you want to really make sure your your follow-ups are spaced out and yeah again if if they don't answer after two it's time to just move on maybe try to find another promoter in the area go to facebook see if you can you know seek out anybody else this is a little trick that i have also if you're if you're struggling to find promoters this is just something that i kind of have picked up with you know research habits over the years if i know the venues in the area i'll you know research venues in the area i'll go to those venues facebook pages click on their events tab look at the events that they have coming up see if there's any bands that i know that are similar to you know my band's size i'll click on it and oftentimes the promoter is hosting the event or the promoter is listed at the beginning of it and their page is right there for you so it's just a really easy simple way that a lot of people kind of forget about to look for promoters it it, again it falls back into the research thing you know you can't book a tour just on a fly you have to do research so this is just another research tool that i kind of have picked up on over time you know, using Facebook events and just having the promoter listed right there is, is really actually the best way that I've found promoters. So, so yeah, so that, that's, that's just a little tip, excuse me, but I need some Diet Dr. Pepper. Please sponsor me. Um, trying to think what else. So we talked about money. We talked, not money. We talked about payout and we talked about routing. We talked about finding promoters. Now, when it comes to finalizing everything, you have to be really upfront. A lot of the times they're going to give you a hold. And a hold basically means that the date is yours for right now unless something bigger and better comes along, which sounds really shallow. But in the grand scheme of things, that is kind of what it is. If they have someone email them that is is just guaranteed to bring in more bodies and more money for the venue, then they will often take that first, which is understandable. I have no issue with that just because it's a business. Um, If you get a second hold, it means that somebody before you has inquired about the date, and if they confirm it, the date is theirs. If they choose to not confirm it, then the date is yours. Sometimes they'll put you on like a fifth hold, and at that point, I don't do anything past a third hold because at that point, you're like, okay, I'm not getting this date. You know, At least one of these bands ahead of me is going to confirm. So try to try to stick to second holds, I would say. I'm kind of past the third hold thing, but you really want to um, you want to keep your options open, but you know, I would say try to stick to if they say second hold, that's the the farthest down you'll go. Sometimes the date will be wide open, um, and they won't give you a hold and they'll be able to confirm you right away if they feel confident that the show is going to do solid, they like you, they've they've booked you before. So be prepared to get holds. Um, it's not necessarily anything bad. It's just, you know, who got there first. That's that's really all it is, is who got there first. And sometimes they'll challenge the hold, which means that another band really, really, really wants the date and they're going to confirm before you. And oftentimes they, they do have a better draw than you, so they will challenge you for the hold. And it's kind of a, you know, they're challenging this. Is that okay with you? Are you willing to give it up? You know, and it's it's like a whole it's like a whole thing where you just kind of have to be like yeah okay fine they can have it and if not usually during a challenge you have to confirm immediately so they can you know so the hold's not there anymore i like to confirm as soon as humanly possible if it's a if it's one-offs it's easier to do that 
If it's a full tour, unfortunately, you kind of have to wait and see how the other dates around it play out. That's for me one of the toughest things about booking a tour is seeing how the rest of the dates around another date play out because you can book a a date in the middle of the tour, confirm it because it's the exact date you wanted, but then all of the dates around it are nothing like what you you routed out and that can be really, really, really hard. So you just have to be mindful of that um, and just make sure that you are paying attention to the entire routing. When you're updating your routing, make sure that you kind of have a column that says what the status of the date is. So I put things like confirmed, discussing, emailed, first hold. You know, I always mark what the status is so I can keep track of it. And I also make a folder in my um, in my email for that tour. So all of those emails that I get for that tour go right into that folder. Super organized, super easy. Once it comes to confirming an entire tour, um, or announcing a tour, what I usually do is I send out emails or I send out one email on a BCC to all of the promoters that I have confirmed for the tour. And I say, this is the date that we're announcing the tour. This is the time. Here is the blank ad mat. You want to always try to send a blank ad mat, which is a blank tour flyer, which means that it just says, you know, like most of them just say like the name of the tour, the band and have a picture. And then it's the promoter's job to fill in the bottom with all of the information for that show, the venue, the local bands that they added, the time that it starts, ticket price, etc. They're going to take care of the rest of it normally. Ticket link, Facebook page. So what I ask for once I send over the blank ad mat and I say, hey, this is the time we're announcing the tour. This is the date. I ask for a couple of things. I ask for the ticket link in advance. I ask for the Facebook event page in advance. And once I have those two things, then I put them on the spreadsheet. So all of the ticket links and all of the event pages are on the same exact spreadsheet. And I have everything there that I need. And oftentimes I'll give them, you know, I'll say, hey, we're announcing this tour at 8 o'clock p.m. EST. Can you have the event page public by that point and add us as a host? When you add the band as a host, then they can, you know, they can write posts, they can update the information, they can update the photo, they can add it to their events, you know, anything like that. It's super important just to stay organized. And Facebook has a super cool tool uh, tool where you can create a tour and you add the event pages that you're on into that tour and you can publish it and it lists all of the event pages for that tour. So that's super cool. I love that. That's why I'm always super adamant about, you know, being added to the event pages and them all going public at the same time. Now, I'm trying to think if there's any other small bits of information I can give about booking a tour. But I think I've covered the main basis of it. All I can really say is be prepared to be frustrated and be prepared for things to not go how you want them to. I have had tours that I've booked that have gone really well, but, you know, during the booking process and have had no issues. I've had tours that have gone really, you know, really, really south during the booking process. The Electric Souls tour, I had a really, really, really hard time. Unfortunately, summer is a rough time to book. And, um, you know, there were a lot of festivals going on and a lot of dates, you know, just a lot of tours. And I was having a really hard time getting the dates that I needed. And we ended up not having as many dates as we anticipated because there just was no availability. And that happens sometimes. You have to know that you're kind of throwing yourself into the fire when you decide to book a tour. And that's why I say don't tour prematurely because sometimes, you know, people are just not ready for it yet. And like I said, that's totally okay. Build yourself up first and take the time to do that so you have the strength and you have the tools and you have the contacts before you try to book a full tour. So for me personally, you know, I'm not a booking agent. I just, you know, I just jumped into this wanting to do something for my band and wanting to make things happen because we don't have a booking agent. Booking agents, if you're listening, hey, 
But, you know, it's something that I learned to do and anybody can learn to do if they dedicate the time to doing it. You have to be prepared for anything. You have to be prepared for changes. And the biggest key to me is staying organized. You have to keep your emails organized, have a spreadsheet with all the information needed, and make sure you lay out exactly who you are and what you want to all of those promoters. Once you find the promoters and once you have your pitch written out, the rest of it is totally in your hands. You know, you control that narrative and you control that drive. So, so yeah, those are really my biggest tips for, for DIY touring and kind of what it's like, some insight on it. And, you know, a part of the hardest, you know, one of the hardest things is, you know, effectively promoting all of the dates once they're announced. You have to make sure that you keep track of all the ad mats. One more thing that I do want to bring up is advances. When you are booking a tour, I usually, if, if say we have, you know, five shows in a week, the week before I'll email all of the promoters for that week and say can you please send me over the show advance? Now, a show advance contains information such as load-in time, which is the time that you should be there to bring your gear inside. What time does the show start? Um, you know, is there a green room? Is there Wi-Fi? Is there catering? Um, you, on our size, there is most definitely not catering. But if you're on a bigger tour, it'll say stuff like that. You know, it'll just give a lot of information that you need to know about the show. What parking is like, that is so important. I always ask, what is the parking like? Because we have a 12-passenger van. So uh, we have to make sure there's space. You know, you want to make sure you get that show advance because oftentimes for us, it determines our driving schedule. So we like to get it as soon as possible. You know, that's why I'll always ask, you know, the week before for that week's shows. You know, if, if, I'm, if I say I have shows from the 7th to the 14th, of a month, I will email on the first asking, hey, can I have the advance for next week? And you know, they'll, they'll get it and I save it to a folder on my phone and I just go from that and it's super easy. So that's just another way to just make sure you're staying organized and staying on top of things. As much information as you can get, the better. You know, if you think you have too much information, trust me, you don't. You want to know everything you possibly can. Introduce yourself to the promoter as soon as you get there. After a show, follow up and say thank you so much for booking us, taking the chance. We had a really great time and would love to book with you again. Make sure you're connecting with every single band there. Stay and talk to every band. Watch every band. Stay the entire time. You know, these are just small pieces of tours that are incredibly important that will do nothing but help you in the long run. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's really it. I make it sound a lot easier than it is because it's really fucking difficult and I hate booking, but you know, sometimes it can be really enjoyable, you know, when you, when you're able to communicate easily with promoters that you know and, and have, you know, have worked with in the past, there's, there's something really fun about it and getting to play shows and knowing that you did it. Um, but just be careful, you know, keep your eyes open, make sure you're providing sufficient information, make sure you're not asking for too much, make sure that your routing is solid and that you have a backup option for certain dates. And yeah, that's, that's really it. Don't jump in too soon. And, uh, that is really my, I'm, I'm probably forgetting a ton of stuff because I'm trying to go through a ton of things, but that's, those are uh, my tips for uh, DIY touring, my insight on it. Um, you know, like I said, be prepared to be thrown in the fire and, and be prepared for things to go wrong. We've had dates that were solid and just totally fucking fell apart when we got there or, you know, the day before. So be prepared for things to go wrong. It's not going to go smooth and you're going to feel stressed. That's normal, but just keep doing it. Keep researching. The more researched you are, the you know the better you're going to be so thank you guys so much for listening i hope you enjoyed this topic let me know if there's anything else you want to hear me talk about i really appreciate you guys listening and if you guys have any podcasts that you like you know i'm super into podcasts right now let me know 
I love to check them out. I love crime. I love pop culture. I love The Bachelorette. I like um, sports. You know, I like a lot of different things. So if you have any suggestions, please let me know. And thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.